<laughs> yes, sir. Here with another episode <laughs> with the A team. That stunk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I'm, let me show you how to do it. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> What's up, folks? This is Therese Paley, your chief beat writer for the Kansas City Star. And we got the entire A team here in the KC Star Podcast Studio. For what should be the last time in a while, plus one. Andy McCullough's in the house. And I've also got Sam, I'm a bad impressionist, Mellinger. Damn it. Vahir Gregorian, Blair Kirkhoff. What's going on, fellas? How you doing? Good. Great. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Face not feeling it today. How you doing, Andy? I'm good. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, thermostat in my apartment doesn't work, so this is the warmest building that I'm allowed <laughs> entry into um, in Kansas City. Either this or the YMCA. So I'm who, glad who to be let here. you in, by the way? Chris did. Yeah, okay. Chris did. My uh, access card no longer works, um, but you can read all my stories at uh, <laughs> LosAngelesTimes.com/backslash/Dodgers. <laughs> that would be producer engineer Chris Fickett. Chris, what at what time are we going to run out of battery today? Yeah, what, just where are we at here? <laughs> we are on full. We have full. We have three yeah. bars. Okay. So, We're going to need them. <laughs> you guys better get ready. It's the end of the season. So we got to stack up here and uh, you know, make this thing work. Um, listen, folks, as always, we've got a great show for you. Jam-packed, too. First, of course, we're going to break down the Chiefs' season-ending loss to New England Patriots in the AFC Divisional Round. And since the Chiefs did lose, we finally get to play a segment called Shame, where you'll never believe this, we identify reasons the Chiefs lost to the Patriots. Oh, good. <laughs> That's going to replace the grown-ass man of the week because you don't get credit when you lose. You've had this shame one dialed I've up for like this three, months three months and have, I'm ready to go. have been able to use it. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Um, we're also going to set the bar for next season. We're going to quantify the loss of Doug Peterson. He's going to be the head coach of the Eagles. Um, and we, we got our trusty gimmicks portion of the show ready to go. <laughs> you know, we're going to play who, we pl- who he played for. We'll discuss the scouting term of the week for the final time. We're also going to do a five-man edition of Old Man Football, <laughs> which should be fun. And um, since we've got Andy in the house again, um, I was thinking we were going to play Andy Ass, but that has been scrapped. We're just gonna we're gonna let it ride. We're gonna have you for the duration. So yeah, just I, if you ever if you feel comfortable, whenever. I have soon, one question about Andy Reid. You drop that in as soon as I finish this intro okay. here. And uh, finally, we're going to answer your reader mail, which will cover free agents. Um, the franchise tag, draft options, and more. And uh, now, as always, uh, you know, we, we kick the podcast off with our grown-ass man of the week. But like I just said, it feels a little wrong to do so given the fact they lost. So we're going to replace it with shame. And basically what I want us, what I want us to do is just kind of go around this, this room here and just tell me a reason why you thought the Chiefs ended up losing this, this, uh, this weekend. Um, and we always start the grown-ass man part with Sam. So this is a pretty good chance to just keep that going forward. So, Sam, big reason they lost this weekend. Tell me why. The Patriots are better than the <laughs> Chiefs. That was the number one reason. <laughs> Within that, though, I mean, what, what do you well, think was the – Okay, so um, I think that the clock management thing is distracting from a lot of reasons that they lost, including right. um, but not limited to – their inability or either a game plan that did not include jamming the Patriots receivers more at the line of scrimmage. That was the, the whole thing to me. When, when the ball was coming out at 1.8 or 2.1 seconds or whatever, yeah. uh, that's all based on timing, and you have to disrupt that timing to give your pass rushers a chance. And the Chiefs, who are well-equipped to do that, just didn't do it. 
So I guess you would put the blame on the, on the you put the blame at the feet of Bob Sutton. Is that right for that? Yeah, More for that, that part of it. I mean, that's one reason they lost. Yeah. All right. So Bob Sutton. God, I, thought, I felt good about that one. Good. <laughs> Vahir Gregorian, give me your reason the Chiefs lost. There, there are so many, but I've got to go with one. And and just imagine how different the game is if Niall Davis doesn't fumble. Ooh. Yeah. That's it. And and so and just to put it in context real quick, the turnover game. That's all. Yeah. I mean, so I guess Niall Davis is that right? Well, it, it's on Spencer Ware for being injured. Jamal Charles for being injured. <laughs> it's really Jamal Charles's fault. No, yeah, Niall Davis's fumble. Shame. All right. <laughs> Blair, who's your shame of the week? <laughs> uh, the name has already been mentioned, but I'll. What I want to say is the Patriots have lost three home playoff games in the, in the Brady-Belichick era, and those three uh, opponents were the Jets and uh, the Ravens twice. And the, what those three teams had in common was a ferocious attacking defense. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that we saw on Saturday was that type of defense. Um, no pressure on – very little pressure on Brady. Uh, the um, – uh, you know, they, they had um, – uh, they had it, what little pressure they got on Brady. They, they were in position for some interceptions. Didn't didn't get their you know didn't get their hands on them or got their hands on them and couldn't control them. So um, Brady controlled the game. Patriots controlled the game. And, I, and so I, I guess I will agree with with Sam. I think Bob Sutton has to take a lot of heat for this. Shame. Andy, um, I. Uh... Someone dropped an interception at one point, right? That happened a couple times. Yeah, a couple, few guys did. A couple three. Mm. Yeah. So I don't remember who they were, um, but they were on the <laughs> Chiefs. Um, and basically, it seemed pretty clear, you know, like this isn't a revolutionary point, but the Patriots were a much better football team. Yeah, um, they also, you know, they're flawed. But for the Chiefs to win, the Chiefs kind of needed to play like a relatively mistake-free game plus take advantage of any sort of opportunities and so the inability to take advantage of you know like when um uh, football hits you in the hands you have to catch it and intercept it and so whoever those guys were shame on them (laughs) shame all right and i guess (laughs) it's coming for everyone i mean i'm with you guys I, i think sam you nailed it look you can't give Rob Gronkowski free releases. Right. Why is Rob Gronkowski getting free releases? <laughs> right. Like, you can't do that. Like, of all the people to give a free release, it's not him. Uh, if you looked at the 2014 game, they pressed guys. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes Gronkowski, he, he got some free releases in that game too. But it felt like in that game there was a lot more man coverage, a lot more press coverage. Um, and they, they played really well in that game. And I, I feel like they probably should have mixed more of that in there. Uh, these the Patriots receivers aren't very big, but they're very good route runners, um, you know. And, and in today's NFL, if you give them free releases, they can they're going to be open if you let that happen. So, uh, you know, one part, another part of it too is that the Patriots were just better. Tom Brady is Tom Brady, you know, and the and like you look at the final score and you think, all right, well they were in it and it was close, and I mean kind of, but it really wasn't. I mean, it wasn't as close as that final score, I don't think. I don't think it was a seven-point game. The Patriots were in control of that game pretty good. Um, and, you know, you know, like you guys, I, I, I think there was some positives to take out of that game and definitely this season. But, um, you know, on Saturday, you know, I guess 
you know, I'd identify the defensive play calling as my biggest reason that they lost. So. Shame. Hey, I've got I've got two more. Can oh, I go outside? Can I go outside the box a little bit? Let's go. Where you go? Uh, one, uh, Pac-Man Jones for <laughs> losing his brain because otherwise the yeah, Chiefs yeah. would have gone to Denver, oh. and I think they could have beat Denver. Yeah. Uh, another one is uh, the Chiefs for blowing the first Broncos game because yep. I think if they win that game, aren't they the number one seed? How do the Bengals? Fit? How did the Bengals figure into that figure in? They'd had the same record as the Bengals would have lost the head to head to Cincinnati. Number two seed, then right? Then well, they play. The, but wouldn't wouldn't the Patriots, Bengals, and Chiefs all have been twelve and four at that point? Then it goes to conference record, probably. I don't know. I, I, I don't a know. Solution for you: If they would have beaten the Bears and the Broncos, they'd put thirteen. <laughs> well, for sure. <laughs> but <laughs> either way, either yeah. way, they have a first round bye. So and and you know this is all happenstance and whatever. But if they had that first round by uh, Jeremy Macklin doesn't get hurt um, last week in yep. Houston and Justin Houston has a week to to rest up. I think you know the Patriots were beat up, but they had that week that and week their mattered. guys got healthy. Yeah. The the Spen- Chiefs Spencer did not. Spencer Ware too, and Spencer Ware yeah. catching right. that ball. Yes. It's not Nile Davis fumbling. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. So I mean, there were some stuff they could have done on the front end as well to to just give themselves a better chance in the playoffs. Yeah, those are really good points, Sam. Um, and now I got some questions for you guys, and Andy, feel free to chime in whenever. Um, okay. And we talk about <laughs> we talk about the quarterback a lot, and for good reason. But now the season's finally over. Um, I'm just I think it's it, it it's worth discussing one more time. Has this season made you guys think any differently about Alex Smith? Does he have a higher ceiling than you originally thought? Questions? I I actually do, and I may be a voice in the wilderness here, but. I, I, ever since I talked to a few people and did some research for a story I did earlier in the year, I just started looking at him differently. And look, he he really – the dynamics of this offense changed when he got one good receiver. Mm-hmm. Get a second guy who's proven, and and yet the versatility of the running game built in, I, I, I think he's pretty decent. He's not the best quarterback in the NFL, but I, but I think he's pretty good. I basically um, – it was a winding road to get here, but I basically think the same of Alex Smith now that I did coming into the season. And when I say winding road, mm-hmm. after that Packers game, Oof. I was Ooh. done. That that was an You're atrocious – it too. You went in. <laughs> that was an atrocious performance. And, and like, the, the part that bugged me the most was that interception when he's rolling left and he lofts it and it had no chance. It was a terrible idea, executed horrendously. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that – he became not became he went back to being you know and uh, I think in my view at least a slightly above average quarterback I think the thing that he did better this year than he's done in the past is uh run the ball I I think he was better uh breaking the pocket uh maybe some of that is because last year in 2014 he didn't have a chance to break the pocket because Mike McGlynn was on his but <laughs> but he was really he was really judicious with it this year I thought yeah, yeah right I mean he was he was very smart with the run and on third and even some fourth yeah. downs he's he's making first downs so uh, maybe I think a little bit more of him but I I thought yeah. I thought he was a above average quarterback not great by any stretch but an above average quarterback last year it was just a winding road to get back to that point now and it's it's a lot harder to be an elusive quarterback when you got guys coming up the a gap yeah on you right and, and there's no escaping that yeah Blair you know did you notice that after the Chiefs loss there were three there were two games uh, left in the uh, you had the 
I'm, I'm sorry. You, after the Chiefs loss, you had uh, Pittsburgh, Denver, mm-hmm. and 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 the and the Patriots live. So you had three game, three teams left: New England, Pittsburgh, and and Denver. Those the quarterbacks of those three teams have represented the AFL in the Super Bowl yep. twelve of the last thirteen years: mm-hmm. Roethlisberger, Brady, or Manning. And so I was I was asked recently, you know, is Alex Smith a quarterback that can get the Chiefs to the Super Bowl? Well. Nobody else has gotten their team to the Super Bowl except for those three quarterbacks, with the exception of Joe Flacco, mm-hmm. one year in, in Baltimore. So, I, I think I think the answer to the question is I, I I think he is good enough if you put a if you put a great team around him, if you put a great defense around him, if you give him another weapon, Vahe, yeah. as you said, I, I I think that he is good enough to get his team to one or two more playoff victories in a year. I'll say this. He's better than one of the quarterbacks that's going to be in the AFC Championship game right now. Peyton Manning was terrible. Yeah. I mean, those are some floating ducks that, that he was throwing. How great was that uh, the rope-a-dope play, though, that Peyton Manning did, where he slid to the ground and then popped back up? <laughs> got him again. Um, yeah, I generally agree with what Blair said. Like, he's not one of the five best quarterbacks, but, right. like, he's better than Peyton Manning. Um, you know, Carson Palmer uh, I, looked like a freshman at USC uh, mm-hmm. in that one playoff game. Um, he's better looking than Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, he's not as good as Rodgers or Brady or Cam Newton, but, like, he seems, you know, perfectly, like, cromulent, like, perfectly, like, you know, decent. He's not the problem with this team, I guess. Like, you could upgrade the quarterback position, but you could win a Super Bowl with a player like this, I think. Yeah, and I – uh, I've consistently said this, like people, since he got here and I got the job, people have consistently asked me, can the Chiefs win a Super Bowl with Alex Smith? And I have consistently said what Blair, you know, what Blair just said, what Andy just said, what you guys have all just said. If you put the right team around him mm-hmm. and he can get hot with Andy Reid calling the plays primarily, yes. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't think anything we saw this year changes that. I think, if anything, it just reinforced it. Yeah. I think – and here's the thing, I think with – you got some decisions to make in the offseason in regards to some defensive players, but at the end of the day, you're pretty close here. I mean, you're at this hump. Like, you're, you're, you're at the hump here. And with a strong offseason, you can get over that hump. Like, it's there. Like, there's – like, it's – you can see the end, but you got to get over it. And sometimes that last bit is the hardest trek to kind of get over. One, um, one thing about the Alex Smith sucks camp, um, like <laughs> – it's going quiet now, though, but yeah. For the most part. But I've got a few emails. I'm did sure you, you guys really? did, too. Wow. But like, and I thought he played pretty well in New England. But anyway, um, he was, if, if you say Alex Smith sucks and they need to upgrade there, then what's the solution? Like, They never have an answer Yeah, because you, you, the Packers aren't going to trade Aaron Rodgers right. for Alex. If, if they would, the Chiefs would do it right. in a heartbeat. But like, that's the thing. Like, Until there's a better solution until there's a better alternative what are you gonna and, do and you know in previous years the answer is we'll draft one well who if you drafted Derek Carr maybe you would have been because Carr's good he is the Carr's good but like I wouldn't I don't want Bridgewater over Alex Smith you can make the case for Carr though like Carr is good but like especially when they first got here what you want Matt Barkley you know Geno Smith you you wanted to be on that train mm-hmm. no um and you know I, I think you know especially with this guy now like I think you can say it was the right decision. You know, you look at the Chiefs' record the last three years, it's been good, and that's because they've had a veteran quarterback that they've kind of been able to mold the offense around. And what they were trying to do was win when they first got here. Right. They had to come back win and, as you brilliantly put it, just restore civic pride, <laughs> you know. And, it, and actually just, just competency. 
Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. just yeah. not be a sideshow. Yeah. Like that <laughs> that was the bar. Just right. not be a sideshow, yeah. you know? And well, how, how much how much of the, you know, sh- you know, chaos and shenanigans of the, you know, of the final 5 minutes was Alex Smith's responsibility to get things going and I I want to see more command from him in those moments than that he keeps you know looking over looking for Andy and there and, and you know the That's communication point, is going slowly and I, I want you know I think I, if you're a fan of a team you want your quarterback up there in command and barking out a couple of you know he cadences and then go in, in retrospect he should have just said screw this I'm calling it something hey, what, but what, what I'll I, also yeah. say this I have no re- I have no idea why the play wasn't in sooner Right. Like there was no reason for them to still be waiting for the play to be coming in and look like there was no reason. The <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Well, <laughs> the play should have been in. Right, so th- wait, so this, is- this is my question about Andy Reid. Like, uh, so it was a quick, like, you know, so I grew up in Philadelphia. I watched, mm-hmm. I was a huge Eagles fan when I was a kid. Um, I never actually, uh, so they, when they went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, it was, um, like a really sort of traumatic experience, them losing, and I never, I've never watched highlights from it, so I don't really remember what happened in the game. So it was nice to see the game again uh, on Saturday. Uh, you got to enjoy Alex that, Smith right. didn't puke at the fifty-yard line, right. so that was a he was in shape. Touch, right? Yeah, he was able to play a football game. So, like Andy Reid is definitely a good football coach. Like he's proved that in Philadelphia. He does a good job here. He does a really good job game planning. He seems like he fits his personnel well, et cetera, et cetera. Why is he so bad at this? Like, why is he so bad at time management? It's something that he's been doing now for almost 20 years as, a, as an NFL coach. How has he not gotten better than this? There's something that, that was really interesting also, by the way, that I, I didn't process properly in the hustle and bustle after the game, but in his post game, Andy actually said something about what a great learning opportunity this is and all this. And he said, if you keep your eyes and ears open and really, you know, allow yourself. And I remember thinking later when I was rereading that, it's like, well, there, this, this is exactly what he's talking about. How about yourself on this? How can that be a recurring thing for a guy who's got very few gaps in his game, really? But that, yeah. that, that just hasn't gotten any better, has it? A guy who could coach almost any position on offense as a respected play caller, all that. Here we are again at the end of the season talking about the time management. Right. And, um, I mean, I would just say a lot of people have – every coach has his flaws. Um, and I think there were actually times this year where, like, Reed's clock management was better than, you know, he's gotten credit for in the past. But then now here we are again, and it had to be a part of my game story. And it became – and it, it, the worst part of the season, right? And, look, I, I think that play not getting in before the two-minute warning, you know, that's on the staff. Like, have something dialed up and ready to go. They you know got I mean? one playoff between yep. two fifty five and yeah. the two. That, minute that was unacceptable. And it was a run up the middle. Yep. Yeah. And and that lost a yard. Yeah. And I, I just one of the like I mean, there's so many different levels of like frustration with that. And but one of them for me is the fact that I, I don't know if the numbers will back me up on this, but I think the Chiefs have been pretty good inside the five yard line. Like mm-hmm. with those real short passes that get touchdowns. It just seems to me they do a real good job, of, whether it's screens or just quick hits or whatever. They do a really good job with that. And so to me, in the biggest situation of the season, you're there and you kind of revert to this completely dull and, and uncreative play 
that has the, you know, double layered, you know, kind of thing of, of, of being risky because if he gets tackled before he gets in yeah. the end zone, the, the clock keeps going. That, it just, that, that was Yeah, the risk really reward badly. wasn't very calculated there, right? No. I mean, if he doesn't get in, you know you're losing 20 seconds at least. Yeah. And, and look, like if they executed well, it the thought. right way and if, if, if Sharkhandrick West scores, then, you know, it's a different thing. It's at, you know, well, 220 or whatever, but that's Well, that's the benefit the of calling the timeout, though, because, like, I like yeah. running the ball. Like, run the ball. Like, this is what – because if they throw it and it gets intercepted, guess what? Everyone's calling you a moron like they did with Pete Carroll. Like, run the ball. But what you do, because you just drove all that way in that period of time, that's why you call the timeout. You let the offensive lineman catch their breath. And then if you run the ball and you don't get it, you get back, you run it again. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, it's a yard. You know, it's two yards. If you can't get the yard before – if you can't get the yard or two yards with two cracks – before the two-minute warning, you don't deserve one. to get it. Yeah, right. You don't deserve it. But here's the thing. like some Football strategy, everybody has their own thoughts. There's different approaches to it. The only way it's not going to become a thing is if you score. Mm-hmm. Like you got to execute. You know, that's what's, the main what's, what's the score cutoff? early. Score yeah. soon. Yeah. What's the cutoff time on when you could kick away? With, in other words, if, if they had scored at 255, if, if Wilson had gotten in, mm-hmm. On that 19-yard pass, which is a point I want to address. Yeah, go, when you well, well, while we're talking about the you know the clock management at the end, I think the players have to assume some responsibility here. I can remember a pass to Conley at the sideline where he chose to stay too. in bounds, yeah. you know, and fight for an extra yard during this drive. And that's that's another 30 yeah. seconds off the clock. Well, he mm-hmm. instead of going out of bounds, he yep. struggles to stay in. I, I liked it, I liked Albert Wilson's effort at the one, but. You know, if you're not going to get, if you know you're not going to get in, get out of bounds and stop the clock. That kept the clock going yeah, as well. Yeah, you that's know, a great point. I, so I, I think the players, fish jumping, you know, right, the, the fish jumping off offside. Yeah. You know that, you know that that put that's it back at the point. at the seven. So players have to know what to do in this situation as well. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think yeah. do your job. Do it the Patriots way. Know what you're supposed to do. Do, <laughs> do your, your job. job. Do right. your job. <laughs> that's a great point, man. Um, and you know, kind of getting to the coaches too. Um, you know, Doug Peterson is going to be leaving. He's going to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I'm sure Andy <laughs> has some questions about that. But you know, one thing, one thing to say, you know, is that we're never really going to know, you know, like exactly what happened there before then. But like leading up to that, Doug was like, he he does play a parole in a two minute drill too. So like the point of that is like, you know, the whole a lot of people can take responsibility for what happened at the end as far as the clock management but, stuff goes. But Reed didn't like. Reed didn't come out and say, like, I screwed up at the two-minute drill, like, when our players were running. Because they got the ball with, what, like, seven minutes left, six minutes left? Six, forty-nine, six twenty-nine, or six, yeah. And they weren't running a hurry-up, right? Well, he said they were. In but it theory. In theory. I mean, but by, in It didn't names. look like it. Like, well, they had huddles. Well, there's 30 yeah. seconds between play, so is that, that doesn't strike Well, for most of the drive, they didn't yeah. have huddles, though. Okay. Right. Like, right. look, it doesn't it say right. no huddle all the way down, basically? No, you're right. Okay. But they did huddle up, like, on that one play, right? Like, inside the... Yeah, when they got in, yeah, when they got they inside a, the, the goal zone, times. they yeah. did start. There so was... It's yeah. just, and like, I, I just don't understand, like, how no one from ownership or, like, you know, like, Mike Holmgren or, like, someone in Andy Reid's life can't, like, grab him and shake him <laughs> and just be like, hey, man, like... You should work on this, you know, like, because like he's a good coach and he's gotten better over the years and he's adapted with the times. It's just crazy that he has this sort of flaw that like 
you know, anyone who played a lot of Madden 05, like, in college, like, kind of understands the imperative of, like, time versus yardage. And, you know, that's – I don't know. It's just – it's a weird sort of uh, hole in his game that, like, has not gotten definitively better in 10 years. And as a Philly guy, Andy, how do you feel about a Reed guy – being your next head coach. Oh, it's great. Peterson. Well, I mean, I just, you know, Philadelphia suffered through the Chip Kelly, you know, dictatorship. So yeah. they're, I think the city's very happy to have anyone associated with Andy. But Andy, isn't, isn't it kind of reflective of the, because, uh, you know, I grew up in that area too. Doesn't it kind of reflect the whole just crazy pendulum of the Philly fan where, yeah. oh. like, oh, now you got to get it, got to get an Andy <laughs> Reid guy back? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yo, can we get Big Red back? Uh, no, he's uh, Coach Chiefs. Yo, like, who's underneath him? It's Sam. Like, uh, <laughs> Doug Peterson. Yo, he was a bird. Bring him in. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Get B Doc to run the defense, eh? <laughs> Sam. It's Brian you, Dawkins. You, you're the master of over and unders. How long will Uh-oh. it take for the Philly media to start really getting after Doug Peterson? Like, what do you think? What time was it when there was two minutes left on the clock <laughs> Saturday night? Because I think that was the point. That was the point. <laughs> that, was, that was when it started. Yeah, Doug. Eh? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah Doug. Uh. Did he have his introductory press conference today? He's, having, he's, he's having probably today, talking about yeah. it right now. I'll say yeah. this. Like, I went on freaking uh, MLB Network today, and the first question was about the Chiefs clock management. And, was and it really? He, yes. Oh, my and God. And is Andy Reid being ripped enough? I'm like, <laughs> Has anyone told MLB Network that Justin Upton is still a free agent? <laughs> that's um, a story. I'd that's be number sure two. Talking that's about number two. I'm sure they're talking about an MLB <laughs> Network. All they do on that network is have shows with five guys sitting around talking. Yeah. With no Who would ever want to either. pay attention to a show like that? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> To be fair, they're not watching it. They're listening. <laughs> and there is a difference. Yeah. Stay key, on that treadmill. Because the, the key to our podcast is you can listen when you're in your car or when you're on the treadmill or whenever. You're not watching it on television. It's important. Um, but I'm just curious. We've all got to talk to Doug Peterson. Um, just and you, What are your impressions of him, guys? And you know how big of a loss is this for the Chiefs? I, th- I think he's – you know, deserves the opportunity. Um, God, I sound like Andy Reid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's looking forward to the challenge of coaching the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think that he's a guy that should be a head coach. Um, you know, I think he's like sort of put in his time and he's got the resume and everything like that. For the Chiefs, um, it's a loss, but it's not. I mean, this is what happens. Yeah, they've you know? got four like, guys on the staff yeah, that they could but, reasonably promote. Yeah, I mean, the, and, they've got yeah. depth and, you know. None you know. of them will call plays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing air quotes. Right. Well, you've got to so. earn the right to just call a few like Doug did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, but here's a, que- here's a question for you, Therese. You probably know this better than any of us. So where does – Obviously, on the play calling, there's some question about where Doug Peterson begins and Andy Reid ends or vice versa. But but what's the tangible stuff that, that you would point to, that you can point to as, as well, Doug Peterson's, you know, signature? The only thing I can say is he's pretty good with the media, which is, he, you know, good. he's got a good way a rarity about him. with the Chiefs. He's got a good way about him. I think that's going to help him in that market. Um, as a play caller, he is more aggressive than Andy Reid. I do believe that. I think he's going to take more shots downfield. Um, I think he's learned from Andy, uh, you know, he, you know, how to attack defenses, that kind of thing. He's helped put the game plans to, to, together. What I'll be interested to know is, like, is he going to run his own install meetings like Andy did? And that's basically where, you know, every week, um, like Bill Walsh, like Mike Holmgren, you get up in front of your offense and you install the plays for that week. You teach it. You go over the coaching points. That's – it's rare for head coaches to do that. 
Andy Reid did that. I wonder if Doug would do that. My point is, like, Andy Reid obviously had a lot of control over offense, even though Doug did earn more responsibility. Um, and I think you do have to give him some credit for the Chiefs' offensive improvement over the last stretch of the season. I think he did play a role in that. And, you know, they also mentioned every once in a while, you know, when Doug would call plays, just here and there, it would help give the defense a different look because those two think differently. Even though they do have an understanding of what each other likes, they do think differently. So I think the honest-to-God answer, though, is that we'll see this year. Um, you know, yeah. we'll see, you know, exactly – you know, what kind of offensive mind he has. Um, you think he takes any uh, other Chiefs assistants with him? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think when Andy Reid said yesterday that most of the staff will stay together, I believe that would be the case. Now, you might see a few guys leave, but I think for the most part the staff will stay together, mainly because they all get along and they trust Andy Reid, and he's a very loyal guy. And, you know, in football, where, where it's very difficult to find any kind of stability as a coach, you really value kind of having a, a leader, uh, a guy who's good to work for, and that you've got some stability there. Um, it's a pretty good situation here when you know the coach and you know the people. And I, I think a lot of those guys opt to stay here rather than go to you know Philly where – There's some there's security some, here now. Right. Mm -hmm. Security in Kansas right. City. Whereas right. you go to Philly, there's, there's some unrest. You know, you, they've set the, the standard now. You can get canned after a few seasons um, Therese, pretty with, easily. With, with this, with Peterson, we'll, we'll – with his experience with Andy, make him inclined to call the plays, even as the head coach. I think so. I I think I think he will call plays, uh, but I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that. I think, for him, I think he's eager to call plays. Yeah, uh, that's why I think his yeah. offensive coordinator uh, hire will be interesting. There's been a lot of talk about Frank Reich. Um, maybe I, I don't know what Doug's going to do, but I'd say this: I'd be surprised if he doesn't have a serious role in play calling because it's something he wants to do. He had to get, go be a head coach so he can do yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's. I'd really be surprised about that. Like the Frank Reich? Yeah, the, the Frank Reich. One? Yeah, the Bills Frank Reich. 35 to 3, Frank Reich. <laughs> how, many, how many backup quarterbacks can one staff assemble? <laughs> well. Is Steve Bono available? Well. What if they get Chase Daniel to play quarterback for him too? So that's another big quarterback. Ooh, heard it here first. That? Yeah, Ooh. Um, I'm just throwing that one out there because it would make sense for all those sides. Like Chase wants to be a starter somewhere, right? He's got experience with he's got experience with uh, with Doug Peterson, and you know. Chase is a confident guy. He's not going to be scared to go there. Contracts up. Um, yeah, he's he's going to be go. a starter for yeah. some bad team next year. He's he might as well be one that he's comfortable <laughs> with. <laughs> it's, not, it's actually a pretty good situation for him. No, I'm serious. It's a pretty yes. good situation for yeah. him. So. He's the, he's isn't, the isn't it, Andy? <laughs> what, what is, like, uh, is Eric Crouch not available? What other sort of Big 12 rejects can the birds hire? Let's see. Um, all right, guys. Just, Frank Reich, a Big 12 guy? I don't know, he went to Maryland. Yeah, he's a Maryland guy. Quarterback yeah. or whatever, right? Oh, so you got one. Wait, did you just call Chase Daniel an option quarterback? No. 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 Most oh. prolific passer in the fabled University of Missouri history. Oh, oh my. Jeez. Take that, Frank Haith. He did. He had some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Reich, Frank Haith. Yeah. But, but Chase, I, I'd sure be intrigued to see Chase get a shot, yeah, by the way. That's an aside, but I, I'd, be fun. I'd be very interested to see that. Chase is confident, too. He, he, he's, yeah, he won. Right, Chase yeah. is a real confident he's guy. He's got a like, starter's <laughs> confidence. Sure. Chase is ready to go. Well, I'll tell you what, he, you know, the, the one, was it, did he play a second game? I guess he did. He, a Chargers game two years ago, 
I thought that that was against the Chargers team trying to get in the playoffs. That wasn't you know their backups. Yeah. I thought he was pretty. He's darn had good. some nice moments as a chief, yeah. even if it's just a preseason. In the two games he started, he played well. Both, I'm interested to both see what against he can the Chargers. Both that's right. Season, season, yeah, with Alex was hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, when I've talked to him, I think he's got a good way about him. A good, he's he a does, confident he guy, confident demeanor. He's had, he's had, what, I think four years under Sean Payton and three under Andy Reid. That's not a bad apprenticeship. And so. for what it's worth, and not a whole lot, he was terrific in the preseason right. this year. He Every did. year he has been. He's yeah. got like a you know 97% <laughs> completion rate in the right. preseason. And, again, it's only time, but it's the only time he ever gets to play. Right. right. But I, 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 I'd like to see that. So just real quick, guys. How far did we we discussed this a little bit on our last video, but like, how far do the Chiefs need to get next year for that to be considered a success? Let's start with Blair, real quick. The Chiefs have never hosted an AFC or AFL championship game, ever. So I would say you can kill two birds with one stone by being <laughs> the top seed right. or be one versus one or two, get a first round bye get to the AFC Championship game. You guys agree with that? I like yeah. that. I, I think yeah. that's I a good standard to look for. Uh, I don't think it has to be at Arrowhead. I don't think, I think maybe just, that's not I'm what you're saying. saying yeah. I agree. It's never been just get, more yeah. municipal. Yeah. But, but get, but get, get to an AFC so Championship. Step more in what I you did. Be, I would be very impressed if they hosted the AFL Championship game. <laughs> <laughs> that would take a lot of work both and time on the travel. field and yeah. off the field to get that <laughs> okay, done. Okay, so let's jump ahead here. Let's say next year they lose in the divisional round again. Sam, what are you writing about? <laughs> Big picture. I mean, it depends on how they get there. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> ripping <laughs> ripping the clock management from January 2016. Um, it, it would depend on how they get there. But if uh, – you know, in the big picture, that's a stall. You know, yeah. like you, you haven't you haven't gone forward. Would you agree, Va? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you. Here's the thing, though. I think you can take three, four years of this kind of thing where you're saying, you know, you got traction, you're stabilizing. This is who you are every year, and you got a chance. But after that, I, then you start yeah. getting sick of it. Right? I kind of feel like the window is next year and the year after. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's the window. Well, there's no history with this coach of reaching a certain level and just staying there for a few years, is there? <laughs> wow, Blair. Let me, let me tell you about my high school years, Blair. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, you've got a good coach. They've got a good quarterback. They've got a good defense. They've got a good team. If they don't win the Super Bowl, the season's a failure. Boom. Ooh. Yeah, that's all right. Now that, I, I mean, mean, you can, you know, look, you, that's what you play for, and you think you got the goods? Yeah. Huh. All right. Look, is there any scenario here that this isn't – this is a false Royals construct, but but <laughs> – let me get away from the Royals thing. Let me, let me take one step back. But, Therese, you alluded to this in, in what you wrote the other day, and you, and you certainly alluded to it in uh, the video we did. Um, is, is, does the history show that, that you have to walk before you run a little bit? How it often does. How often do does a team come out of not being in the playoffs the year before and winning the Super Bowl? And how often is it, you know, a little one step up, two step back? I think it's worth, you know, like a – a solid, you know, just like a, a solid study as far as putting something together and doing that kind of research. But, like, I'm just telling you, I've been watching 50, football 15 years. Like, there aren't a lot of teams that don't have those kind of heartbreaks. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and uh, in intermediary the steps, it's yeah. hard to pull a 99 Rams and just go from bad to a Super Bowl title. That might be the last team that kind of did that. Is that right? Or, or is there something we're not thinking of? The Patriots did it. The Cardinals came out of nowhere and got to a Super right. Bowl. But they, they were 9-7 yeah. in the regular 17. season. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you just kind of got to build to it. it didn't <laughs> and the then the Chiefs hired their offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> then the Ravens, too. The Ravens had a bunch of playoff losses that kind of hardened them a little bit. And the Patriots had playoff losses that hardened them. Um, Seahawks did, too. Seahawks did. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Falcons, I think, before their Super Bowl run. So, yeah, man, I mean, sometimes you just got to build to it. Um, and just so we can wrap up this conversation on this game, anything else that sticks out, st- stuck out to you guys about this game you want to address? Is there anything that we didn't cover, cover that – I know we're spending a lot, of, just a lot of time on the on the game. Well, we should. It's, 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 it, I think I may be the only one who is convinced that the game turned, the game turned when it was seven to three, and Frankie Hammond returns a punt yeah. to the thirty-six. I think it was the thirty-six, and the first play. I hated this wide receiver screen. <laughs> was it? A, was it was the wide receiver screen? That's right. It was the tight end screen to Kelsey, to Kelsey that we've only seen fifty-five look, times. Every one you of us turned, in the press you turned box to me in the press box the and said. Yeah. The Browns stopped that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you yeah. think Bill Belichick's not going to have – Ernie Adams has seen that. Like, yeah. you really think Ernie Adams hasn't seen yeah. that? He saw the thing that the Seahawks tried to run. And not just – Super Bowl. Heard it coming yeah. over the headset. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Nice>. oh. <laughs> and not just that. They take over at the 36, and they need, what, five yards for, for a field, field goal. goal. Right. Uh, they get negative one instead. Uh, punt. Uh, That's cheap shot on Fleming, yeah. and then 98 yards for a touchdown. So the, the 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 Patriots got seven more points out of a drive that started on their own two than the Chiefs got on the Patriots 36. Hey, look, Blair, that also spoke to the, real, you the point you were really making. It's really true. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the what the uh, uh, margin there is where you can go for it and decide to go for it on fourth down in the other team's territory. But if you're going to come out bold and and punching, it, that's the place to assert yourself and. And, uh, you know, we were kind of joking about it after the game. You know, great to play the field position game, but it really doesn't matter where you started if the team goes 98 yards. I mean, yeah. and that, that, that's that, when the that game, sequence that's was That's when horrible. the feel of the yeah. game changed for yeah. me. Because Patriots go down the field on the first possession, score. The Chiefs answer that with a field goal, mm-hmm. and then they exchange punts. Yep. And, and that's when they exchange the punt when New England, you know, started the two. By the way, I thought I'll give credit where credit's due. Mike Vaccaro, our friend who's the columnist now at the New York Post, put this tweet out after the – the Amendola Ooh. hit, you know, the Patriots were penalized two yards for that play, and his tweet was they should they should tack on the penalty on the on the other side, make it first and twenty five from the from the four. I love of, that idea. I love yeah, that too. yeah, I think that's right. I think but give the team the option. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, that's, that's a great. great idea. All right, guys, let's, let's wrap up our wrapped up our talk about this last game, and so it's time to get to the gimmicks portion of the show. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. It's a gimmicks <laughs> portion of the show music. I Inspector guess. Gadget. <laughs> I like that. That's a good idea. That's something to keep an eye on. Um, first one, of course, is a scouting term of the week. <laughs> and this week's term is burp the baby. <laughs> this one's courtesy of Mike Mayock. What does it mean, and what position does it apply to? I like the masseuse? I have no idea. Like, <laughs> this is something happens on the field. So this is a guy that, okay. Uh, so, so the term would. I'm sorry. The, no, but yeah, the, go, go, yeah. the term would be like that guy can really burp the baby. Um, like that's how. Can okay. you use it in a sentence? I can use it in a sentence. <laughs> right. All right. It's the country of origin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, boy. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> boy, that Tyler Palco really burps the baby a lot. Well, it's Tyler Palco, so it's some sort of screw up. It's like happy uh, feet related? Nope. Uh, fumbles? Nope. Dang it. Felt good about Burps fumbles. Burps the baby. 
checkdowns? Nope. It's not just hands the ball off a lot because he can't pass. Mm -mm. Okay. Got nothing. Just All right. It's when a quarterback taps his hand on the football too long and throws late. Oh. Allowing a defensive back to jump the rock. I like it. It's really good, actually. That's beautiful. Shout out to Mackie Sasser for you, Andy, the the baseball (laughs) image, or Steve Sachs. Oh, yeah, okay. Shout out to Mike Mayock for that one. That was a good one. Do you, you, as you guys think about this, do do you picture Tyler Palco doing that? Was that just an example out of the, out of the blue? Trail? Oh, yeah, I just remember him burping the baby all the time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did. That's what he was known for, burping the baby. Does Andy know the, the card-carrying coward one? He wasn't around for that. Do you know the card-carrying coward? you know what that is? Besides Sam? <laughs> oh, oh got him! <laughs> got him! Just fruit. Wait, what is a card-carrying coward? That's for you to answer. What, you what, 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 what position I mean, would that? I, I would – a cornerback? No. A guy who shies so away from contact? I think that's what – yeah. No, it's a receiver who doesn't like going over the middle. Oh, scared yeah, to yeah, yeah. take the blow. We talk about him in old man football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next segment. Uh, I'm sure you guys love to get this one over with as soon as possible. <laughs> who he play for. Where uh, I name a player and you guys try to guess who he play for. Uh, and this uh, – Got three this week. All right, so let's try to get one. <laughs> the first one, Kurt Coleman. Guys, safety, Kurt, Kurt Coleman, Coleman, who was a chief last year. Cardinals, who he played for. No. Is, okay. it, is the team still playing? <laughs> who he played for. <laughs> <laughs> My default team at the Falcons. Everybody played for the Falcons. <laughs> uh, Redskins. Got to give me a guess, Vi. Toronto Argonauts. <laughs> it's the Panthers. He plays for the Panthers. Oh, yeah. he has a, he's, had a, he's had a really nice season. He's got eight interceptions. Was he, like, all year. over the field yesterday? Like, I didn't even yeah, know. He's, <laughs> he's had a nice season. Oh, that Coleman. Okay. There was a mix-up there. Huh? Okay. All right. Yeah, mix-up. Yep. All right. Defensive tackle, Kyle Love. Guys, who he play for? I don't remember Kyle Love. With the Chiefs. <laughs> he was a Chief last year. Last year? I was going to say Ca- Cavaliers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Beach Boys? <laughs> uh, Texans. i give you a hint. Is one of the teams still playing? Cardinals. <laughs> nope. Patriots. Nope. He was a former Patriot, though. That's what I meant. I got two more guesses left. Come on, guys. Yeah. Broncos. Nope. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I got it. <laughs> that would be the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, God, no. Oh, they're not, except they're not playing. Oh. Damn. Oh, God. Who, who's in the NFC? <laughs> Panthers. <laughs> Panthers. The Panthers. He's, he's Kirk Coleman's teammate. <laughs> who, who he play for? <laughs> who we I, talking I got about? it. I got it. I got it. I, I got it. I got this. Yeah. I got this. Matt Blair. God, we're just 0 for 13. You got to miss the field goal. Matt Blair. Right? Oh, God. Okay. Oh, mercy. 0 for 13. Oh. Um, <laughs> Last one of this year, guys. Let's try and get it. Cardinals. <laughs> Sorry. 
Vance Walker, who played for the Chiefs last year. I do he plays Vance for Walker. one of the four teams. Guys, who he played for? There's four of us. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting Cardinals. This, I'm sitting this one out. <laughs> Blair, you've been, you've been uh, humbled yeah, by that last one. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I'm just out of respect to Blair. I'm not going to indulge you on the that The Chiefs either. played them this season. Broncos. Yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to bring it in to who he played for. <laughs> Mercifully. Nailed it. <laughs> oh, God. The Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Now it's time almost, almost had that one. for everyone's favorite segment. This is our old man football segment brought to you by. <laughs> I thought it was fitting since we just played it. I'm still waiting for the high karate. To Led Stadium. Uh, if we're um, if we're still looking to sponsor this studio, um, the Royals apparently have seventy million dollars lying around. I know, just, so just waiting there. Have we? So they just found that somewhere under a mattress to give a fifth starter. Are, are you, uh, you're so. not – just real quick, are you guys going to address the Kennedy thing at some point? Just in a probably. podcast probably? All right. That, he's good though, right? Like this no. dude – this guy is like really good, right? Like, is, right. Was this podcast recorded in 2012? <laughs> no, he's got good – like – Is he just a guy? He's, he's not even a guy for me. Wow. Uh, he's like a fourth, fifth starter type. Yeah. Wow. Um, but they, they think with his – Stuff, Dave Island, ballpark, he'll be reasonable. I don't know. It's he a, strikes people out. He, he has in the court. past, yeah. He, he also gives up home runs, Ooh. doubles, but singles. He, he should be better here, though, because of the park, right? It, well, he was playing in Petco Ooh. last year, which is – Oh, really? Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, I don't know. It's not my problem. D- quickly, just do they see him as a number two guy? Like, as that, a number two guy? No. Then no. why did they give him $14 million? Per year. Baseball, like the money is Baseball doesn't fake. make sense. Yeah, money. Yeah. Like, like the money. So they're not signing him to be the number. What is he? Where is he fitting into the rotation? Like I, I mean, a- Andy thinks that like nobody since Sandy Koufax has ever been a one. So <laughs> well, Okay, if your argument is Ian Kennedy's a one. No, not even close. But Ian I'm Kennedy's saying like, like a you're. a four or a five. I would say like a three or four. A three? Or a four. Okay. We're going to let this ride. Okay, so he's a four. So. I don't know. He's not. He's not terrible. He strikes out a lot of guys. He's a good candidate to get better because of the ballpark and because Petco's big. Petco's big, but they have the worst outfield defense. Okay. Like in baseball, you could say because of the defense, not because of the ballpark. The ballpark stays the same. It doesn't get smaller, <laughs> and, and the defense gets a lot better. If the home run rate normalizes, then he can well, be. That's true. Once he gets to pitch without the marine layer in San Diego, that'll help. <laughs> then he can be like I don't know. He's, he's, I mean, he's not it's, great. It's not our money, so yeah. who cares? Uh, you they know, needed. They, they some can depth. afford it. They can yeah. afford it. But they it's needed just kinda, depth. What was um, the, what was the alternative? Uh, Danny Duffy, you know, Doug Fister on like a two year deal. Giovanni uh, Gallardo's still out there. He's a better pitcher. Um, you know, Kyle Zimmer. I mean, is, is I, I guess the thing that would concern me then, if you don't think he's that good, you know, why would you spend that kind of money on him if you know that you might still need pitching help? Well, this year, right? I mean, they like they've liked him from a scouting perspective for a long time. They tried to trade for him in 2014. Okay. Um, I All think right. if they had struck out on Cueto, they would have pursued him a little bit stronger this summer. Do you so. think? And last thing about this, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> but do you think? Do you, no, but seriously. Like, do you think? Do you think this this do you think this move would like preclude them from adding another top level Cueto esque pitcher this year? Well, or they would do th- they wouldn't do that with money. They would okay. do that with prospects. But, but they don't I mean, have- you need money to 
the budget is what the budget is, right? I mean, well, no, I mean they they spent money. No, I'm trying to remember how do I phrase this. They did not spend money to pay for Zobrist or Cueto. Okay. They paid the price in prospects. Like they actually okay. got money back in both those deals. Oh, really? So you can do that? Okay. So right. th- so they can okay. they can get a deal done for a pitcher okay. in a trade, but it would cost them. It costs you bodies, not cash. Right. Okay. Right. Which like. Last thing, um, they they Dude, spent. Chiefs fans have already moved on. They spent a lot of their season, prospect capital last year bringing those guys yeah. in, so they're short on. I'm thinking that that might be part of their thinking process here. We have to sign somebody because our our you know prospect list is thin enough that we can't afford to trade him. Is that five guys, five arms? But yeah, I think Lorenzo Cain yeah. can play wide receiver and. <laughs> All right, just a quick reminder: what old man football is. Uh, all we do is. We go around the room, and anything we we just gripe or wax poetic about the way things used to be. <laughs> anything is acceptable as long as it's a general or has something to do with football. In oh, some I forgot sort of it way. had to do something with football. Yeah, it, okay. You know, not right. really. Okay. Just right. knock yourself out. We're, we're, we're gunning <laughs> okay. for amusement here. So um, I started with Blair. I started with Sam. I want to hear from Vahe. My man, give me your old man football take. Well, he, here's the thing. It really doesn't have anything to do with football. Football made me think of it. But, uh, of course. No, that counts. Let's but, go. Uh, you know, David, Bowie, David Bowie died last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, today I went through some vinyl and found a 45 of Heroes. And, uh, and I have a turntable. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really that's, awesome. uh, that's yeah. really as far as my thinking got on this. I, I thought I'd be able to riff off of that a little more. But yeah. really, that's – so vinyl was good. And uh, but the bad part is that the turntable um, wouldn't play it this morning, so I had this whole presentation ready to to send out on Facebook, and it just backfired. So that's that's all. I, I'm, I'm, you see how I'm weaving together modern images yeah, trying to, and uh, yeah. old stuff. But I, but I got nothing, and, and that's what happens. You keep talking when you got nothing. So yeah. does your does your turntable have the different speeds? It does. 30, <laughs> uh, yes, and I did correct it for the speeds, but something was going hopelessly wrong. What's These a kids. turntable? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Much less speeds for the <laughs> right. speeds. But I'll tell you what, I am really proud of my 45s. Huh? I got everything from yeah. <laughs> That's a, those are called singles, right? And you, I got everything from was Sugar this before Sugar after eight track to before eight track. Wait, you have a, you a single version of Heroes? I do. What's the B side? It's something called V Two Schneider or something. A song I've never. Oh, that's played. on the that's on the record. Yeah. Is that on the record? I think that's on the record. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's uh, yeah. I'll pass you my picture of it while we're talking. Okay. Andy, what do you got for us? I also tried to use my turntable uh, to play Bowie. Uh, no, that's not true. I don't know. I, I'm i sure something has annoyed you this weekend. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Tons of things annoy me. <laughs> there's uh, something. There's a commercial no, taken there somewhere. I, I kind of uh, used all my bullets last week. Just watching the NFL, like, I don't know what's legal and what's illegal. Like, yeah. I don't understand why. Ooh, this is you good. Can't, this is good. I know where you're going. Well, you can't, like, fall on a guy. You know, yeah. like that's like 15 yards. If you like, I saw like BJ Raji like coming in like a second late, fell on a guy, and like that was like 15 yards. And Amendola like almost committed homicide, and that was only 15 <laughs> yards. It's like, what is the, you know, like Larry Fitzgerald threw a relatively weak crackback block, like didn't yeah. even lead with his head or like hit the guy particularly hard, and like. The guy who plays Darren Sharper's position, but definitely isn't Darren Sharper, like fell down like he had been shot. And, you know, that was 15 yards. I'm just like, what? You know, you can't like think about how like hard it would be to knock a quarterback out of the game. 
Oh, yeah. Jeez. You know, like how much work you would have to do to legally knock a quarterback out of the game. Like it doesn't seem possible to legally injure a quarterback anymore, right? Right. There's like certain places you can hit Vaguely reminiscent of your, your riff last this week. This is my thing. This is the problem more. with football. Can, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I thought you were going to talk about like what's the catch anymore. That's what oh, I was hoping. Oh, well, that. Okay. Here, oh, here's a, here's a, here it is. Here's, right. I figured, figured out what it is. Replay. <laughs> Yeah. Replay, and this is not a take unique to football because I think baseball is the same problem. Replay, at least the way I understand it, was not designed was designed to correct wrongs, mm-hmm. like blatantly wrong calls, like when Jerry Rice fumbled in that game against the Packers in '98, right? And like, you really are a time capsule. I know. <laughs> and Terrell Owens <laughs> caught the touchdown. You know, like that was like why replay was put in to like correct in week 12, wrongs. <laughs> Another thing about covering the Big Eight, you know, we used to get on the charter. Um, we would fly and cover SMU. Um, but but replay is no longer, it seems, devised to correct wrongs, but it's to like make it's it's to change plays based on things that no human could see, like. Mm. You know, uh, when uh, Paul Janish or whatever that guy from the Packers caught that ball, like, in the end zone. And it seemed like Jeff the Janish. Fo- Jeff Janish, yeah. seemed like he, that ball, like, kind of touched the ground. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I don't know. It's like, no, that's a catch. Right. Like, that's a catch. It They're looks making like a it catch. harder than it has to yeah, be. Yeah, it's like correcting it's things. Hard, right. Like, it, the, the ticky-tack, like, it happens in baseball all the time with, like, you know, bang-bang plays where yeah. they change it. Not because it's definitively wrong but because it's it's just stuff like that where it's slow the game is so slow everything gets replayed there's all these commercials like it's just miserable the nfl is just famous for the the touch what what is it the touchdown extra point timeout kickoff timeout that's the worst run two plays two minute warning it's like why am i doing this like this sucks yeah I don't know who any of these players are. This just in the uh, this weekend set all kinds of ratings records. So, <laughs> so the NFL is just going to continue it's just, it's to be terrible. It's awful. Just continue. What a product! Unwatchable. My 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 only rant is going to be: I, I long for the days of football before the Seattle Seahawks and Carolina Panthers were part of the league because I am terribly confused by teams and these off colors and, and logos. And I miss the old helmets. That's great. That's Amazing. That's really really, Blair's the winner. (laughs) Go ahead. I have this may be a first in the history of the world, the first old man football uh like praise. I have an old man football hero, and his name is Ron Rivera, and he coaches the Carolina Panthers. Cause not but a week or two ago, my old man football rant was about those stupid freaking hoverboards Mm -hmm. and how they're not really hoverboards because they have wheels. (laughs) Ron Rivera has banned hoverboards. By the Carolina Panthers. Yes. He says, have you seen those things on YouTube blowing up? I mean, that's what concerns me more than anything else. What if something crazy happens? I will say this, too. I caught them drag racing in the freaking hallway one time, too. So Ron Rivera, standing ovation. You are a hero of old man football. Yeah. You know who Ron Rivera was coached by in the 80s? Mike Dicka. Mike Dicka. And Buddy Ryan. So oh. he was actually coached by Buddy Ryan because he played on the defense. Dicka didn't talk to the offense. I've been reading lots about the 85 Bears randomly. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, Buddy Ryan either addressed you in two ways. You were either a number or an adjective. <laughs> Good for Buddy Ryan. <laughs> My, mine's pretty quick and not, you know, terribly critical. But, like, I just thought it was real funny um, when I was standing on the field before the game. 
And just of all places for me to hear public enemies can't trust it. <laughs> I'm standing on the field. I'm talking to people. And then just out of nowhere, here come the drums. Confusion. <laughs> and I'm like, the Patriots are just blasting can't trust it. Just at the loudest decibel level ever. And that I'm just great. like. This is amazing. Here come the drums. <laughs> Here come the drums. It was the best. <laughs> of all the places for them to play Can't Trust It, it wouldn't be Gillette Stadium, right? But uh, you're hitting on something really important in old man football here, which is the in false, inflated, just exaggerated noise in the stadium. Can, can we just have a game? I actually enjoyed the Can't Trust It. I, 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 love, I love every part of the Can't Trust It. Uh, also, Flavor Flav I, I, made a, a, an appearance like after the game on Twitter when people were like, we found Andy Reid's clock management oh. guy. Flavor Flav with this big-ass clock. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I, I have a question for you, for you guys, actually. It's, uh, sorry, I don't mean to hijack no, this. Ahead, I know we're bro. really on it's point cool. right now. <laughs> we actually are, but yeah. Would uh, – where would you rank Bill Belichick right now among Major League Baseball managers if he had to be a manager tomorrow? Oh, man. I think he might be, like, top ten. I was yeah, just going to say top ten. Because you know he would come in prepared. Yep. You know they would have some edges. You yep. know they would have some. Some Toronto Blue Jays-like advantages. Yeah. You know, they they, they'd be hitting a lot of home runs at home. They'd be slugging at home. No, you can believe they'd be that. Stealing signs. Yeah, all man, a man in white. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man in white. Yeah. His name's Ernie. Um, <laughs> uh, but, Be- like, I don't be know. Belichick would be – he would be – I think he'd be top ten. Well, just because he's competent. Like, you just know that there would be thought put into every decision. Yeah. He would have planned out every decision. Yep. If he didn't know something, he'd hire people who could do it. Right. He'd let them do their jobs. Yep. I mean, you could have – it's just a competent, smart person who adjusts and learns. I mean – Top seven? I mean, I'm not even. I'm also, serious. I mean, I'm serious. Like he's in the playoffs I, I every have, year. That's for sure. I'm serious. I'd have a lot of confidence. He could come in. He'd he'd make it work. I, yeah. I really believe he would. The, the best part about this too would be that he'd be required to talk to the media twice a oh day. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so At least great. twice a day. That'd yeah. be so great. Oh yeah. god. The reporters asking about the yeah, starters. Like these yeah, old, the yeah, the the old ball riders that are used to like yeah. you know just having beers putting with the manager. Putting your feet up on his desk. That would be so great. Having to wear those tight pants. Like, oh yeah, that's that's the part. Picture him in the uniform. But he oh, can wear. Oh. But you know, he like wears during, hoodie though. During the playoffs, so a lot of the coaches wear the hoodies. You know, they don't even yeah, wear yeah, the yeah. uniform tops. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, so it could work. I don't fit, know. Yeah. I'd hire. Yeah, that's I think a great question. I think you'd, you could easily explain the black eye. And baseball happens all the time, right? Just stray balls. You know. Yeah. Did we ever get that explanation? You no. Great. That was. That's what it was. What happened to your eye? And he said, "Great." <laughs> Wait, there wait, was no hold on. Get so away. that was, and there was no, no seriously. Like, there's no follow up. Like, Bill, just a follow up. No, there uh, was. I think they asked. I just, just deflected them so all. I don't know. It wasn't long enough for a follow up. Bill, but. would you like to talk about uh, your eye, Chandler Jones, or your eye? Uh, <laughs> you pick. Just give us something to write today. Uh, man, uh, I love our, Belichick. He's great. Yeah, He's he so is. good. All right, guys. Reader mail portion of the show. We've got a few to get through. So let's crank them on out here. First one's from Paulie DeSantis, 25. I don't see Wilson, Albert Wilson, or Chris Conley as number twos personally. Do you see them? Do you see the Chiefs attacking free agency with the receiver or drafting someone else to get to boost the position or get a number two? I'll just say this. Uh, they drafted Chris Conley in the third round for a reason, and Albert Wilson played ahead of him almost all year for a reason. 
I think they like both those guys. It takes a while to learn this offense. Whether you like it or not, they're probably one of those guys will probably be your number two and your number three next year. Uh, whether they add a guy in free agency, maybe, but it won't be a big-name guy. And I'd be a little surprised if it's a big-money guy I'd, or even a medium-money guy. I think that's a position they like to develop. Um, but they could draft a guy. You never know. It just depends on who is there. That's my take. Yeah, well, not to, like, <clears throat> hijack. I'm sure this is something we'll yeah, talk go ahead. about later. It's okay. But, just uh, go. Uh, I do think they could use another playmaker. And whether mm-hmm. that means that Chris Conley um, becomes a playmaker, then that'd be great. Um, but I just don't know how much flexibility they, they're going to have in free agency. And I need to look at the numbers or talk to people that, that know the numbers. But um, th- they've got a long list of really important guys who are free agents. And I just don't know that there's going to be room for, for another playmaker on offense. I've t- Go ahead. I've, all right. So um, I've, I've, I've talked to a, a guy. I've talked to Joel Corey, obviously, who's great and, um, you know, really knows his stuff. And, you know, because of that, you know, shout out to you. Thank you, Joel. Just in general, just for being – just for helping. Um, look, so, okay, so he, he projects that the Chiefs to have about $33 million to spend in uh, the cap. But we also know that they've got Derek Johnson, Tom Bahali, Eric Berry, and we'll touch on a little bit of that l- later. But they, they are defensive guys. But in general, yes, there is a, it is conceivable they can re-sign all those guys and still have about $19 million left to spend or $18 million left to spend in free agency. So, like, there's money. Like, it's not a lot of money in it. Believe it or not, that's not, like, a lot of money in free agency to spend. But that is more than enough to add one or two guys to the mix here if you really – and bring back the key guys you really want to do. Like, that, that's enough if you get creative. Um, go ahead. Go it's ahead. just probably a conversation in itself. But what, what are we expecting DeAnthony Thomas back? Uh, that's the thing. We don't know. And, I mean, we're yeah. all asking and we're all digging. We're all, you know, but we don't know. And that's the thing. You know, it's a personal matter. They've said multiple times. Um, Just for devil's advocacy's sake, if they have him back, does he, in another year of experience and those other guys, I'm big on Conley. Um, well, Shane, does, does that all start to make make something that works? Well, Shane, Shane Bishop, uh, that was actually the next question from him. Mm. So we might as well just get to that. I mean, I yeah, like, yes. Like, if you add – if I like the receiving group they have now. If you add one more piece to it, you're pretty good. One guy who's a free agent that I like but probably is going to make more elsewhere, maybe, I don't know, is Jermaine Curse from, from the uh, Seahawks, just kind of a big guy in a West Coast system. He could get, kind of give them a physical element they don't have. He's a big guy, right? He, you know, he can make tough catches. I kind of like him. I just don't know if – that's a priority for them or but we'll get to that a little bit in our you know we'll hopefully we'll have a fear agency podcast and we'll we'll discuss that a little um but Blair you checking in on Wilson or Conley where are you at you you trust them I I, I'm I'm riding with them you're riding with I wanted to see just a little more from Conley this year just a little little more just a little more he he flashed a little though I don't give up on Chris Conley Chris Conley's gonna be a good player in this week let me tell you something else too that I learned in the course of uh talking to a couple people last week it's probably stuff you guys have known for a long time but but um I I have the distinct understanding that the guys are coming out of Georgia uh a little underdeveloped Hmm. um during that time and not necessarily they're in not getting co- they weren't getting coached up, but maybe maybe Chris Conley was being asked to spend a lot more time blocking than exploiting his talents, or it just it, it, there, there's a the theory between Todd Gurley and and uh, Conley that 
people were surprised that they weren't um, farther along in, in their immediate understandings of things. So is there the comprehension of football concepts? A little bit. A little bit of, you know, that's really sort little. of experience. Well, that, See, that's what you guys listen to this for. That's well, that that might explain why Georgia has been a chronic underachiever relative that, to right. the number of players it puts that, in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know what those numbers are, but they've got – there's a lot of NFL guys there now. and. Yeah. And you're right, Blair. I mean, that's. I, I think that's. There's some. They certainly have that, that. reputation. Georgia has that reputation. Yeah. yeah, this is player development is an issue there, or at least what they focused on in terms of player they development. They keep it right? simple. I mean, it's just, yeah. yeah that's I think that that was the implication. That's of, good. Of, yeah. Is it, uh, is it too late to uh, add to shame Mark Richt? <laughs> blame him. <laughs> uh, blame Vince Dooley. You know, blame all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, let's see. All right, this was from Larry McCammon. Will the Chiefs run their offense in 2016 with Jamal Charles the same way they did after his injury in 2015? That's pretty interesting. Um, my hunch, probably not. <laughs> you know, you, they like to find different ways to get Jamal Charles the ball. And it was a pretty simplistic offense without him, even though it worked. I like that. I like having a physical run game, right? Like that's, you know, that that you know other teams that other teams know is coming that you players can master. Like I like that, but you know, Andy Reid you know believes in his ability to outscheme people. So, yeah, when Jamal's back, he's going to be lining up receiver and they'll do all kinds of stuff with him. But I I do I do think it'd be in their best interest to really really take some of the good stuff they've done the last three months and, like, not lose that. Yeah. Use the stuff this line is good at. And that's that power blocking, the gap blocking, man scheme, double at the point, like traps, pulls, that kind of stuff. Like, stay with that. They're good at it. Well, the short answer is they better not run it the same with Jamal Charles as, as they do without. You know, I mean, that's that's the basic thing about coaching, right? Like, you, you, you coach to the talent that you have. And, mm-hmm. um, but I couldn't agree with you more about, like, don't lose the things that worked. Um, but, you know, it's better to have you – know, we, we talked a lot about how the offense, the whole team picked up after Jamal Charles got hurt and they averaged more yards per carry and all that stuff. But, you know, having Jamal Charles is a lot better than not having Jamal Charles. Right. So, you know, make that an improvement, but it doesn't mean you have to rewrite everything. The only thing I'd say is I, I, I do wonder sometimes if we've – this is a little separate, but basically it's along the same lines. You kind of underappreciate their adjustment after Jamal Charles. Yeah. I mean, Jamal Charles is out. That's, that's one of their two best three players. There are, there are coaching staffs in this league that would have absolutely tanked after that. Yeah, this is what yeah, I have no clue how to adjust. Um, but you, you, that was really all okay. on that, yeah. Next question is from Pete Gradoff. Hey, Pete. <laughs> Pete. It is it's for Andy McCullough. <laughs> would, you, would you rather have another season with Chip Kelly as the Eagles coach I have to listen to Vampire Weekend for three hours every Sunday for 16 weeks in a row. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and well, I do Vampire Weekend. Yeah, they're a band that I don't like that are critically acclaimed. Uh, I would say I'd rather take uh, Chip Kelly as head coach because I just haven't paid attention for the last two years or <laughs> ten years. Um, so, yeah, I definitely, you know, uh, yeah, because Vampire Weekend stinks. It's Pete's band. That's a, Pete likes them. Yeah. Well, those you know, are his guys. There's no those are his guys. Those are his guys. Yeah. You like identifying the guys of people, by the way. <laughs> Sam. Sam's real big on identifying people's guys. Who's Who's everybody's guy on this team? Who's, who's your guy? Officer <laughs> Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Officer Lawrence. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
somebody uh, take over. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a little, a little in-house humor. Uh, <laughs> Therese got a warning today. We're, we're celebrating. <laughs> Shout oh, out to him. Uh, That's too tough for one to answer yeah. on the cuff. We'll, yeah. we'll come back. Let's, we'll, well, you know what? We'll save that. Let's yeah, save that because yeah. I, I do want to answer that. But, but let's save that. Um, next one's from Casey Chiefs underscore 58. Um, who's had a reputation for getting his questions answered because he keeps bringing the wood, bringing the heat with him. Um, okay, between DJ, Hali, Howard, and Sean Smith, who do you see the Chiefs keeping? Um, I'm assuming Barry is a given. Real quick, guys, um, what do you think about those? Who, who guys? are the ones they listed? DJ, Hali, Howard, and Sean Smith. And so this is who will they keep? Yeah, I think it's DJ and Hali. Yeah, I think Smith might be too expensive. Um, Howard too. Yeah, and, and and both those guys um, strike me as the you know I, I think they want they want to get paid. I, um, I do know I I can tell you I talked to both of them. They do they say the right things, and I I truly believe Howard wants to stay, but like he they they need to get paid. Yeah. And remember, Sean Sean hit the market at twenty six, I think, and like didn't get like a whole lot of money by comparison, like. Yeah. Compared to what Byron Maxwell got, yeah. again, shout out to Joe Corey for pointing this out, but like compared to what Maxwell got, he's not taking any hometown discount mm-hmm. after hitting the market at a bad time mm-hmm. for a corner. He's going to want to get paid. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's gonna, it was going to be tough, um, even though they could afford it if they wanted. Um, guys, like who – My only question is, you know, what, how much does Tomba have left and, and yeah, how, how much of a contract do they have to give him? I, I don't – I'm just fumbling around on that. I have no idea. I, I think he wants to be here a lot, and I don't think it. I don't think it's going to be restrictive. Whatever he wants, as long as he wants to play, it's worth having him back, even if he isn't the same guy. Um, but I don't think he'll come back if he feels like he can't do better than he did this year. So that was some interesting stuff, by the way, on the on the video yeah. that, that you had with him from. Yeah, yeah, he that was good. He loves his team. He yeah. loves his teammates. He loves being here. He's going to be a chief if he plays. The question for him is. Does he want to put his body through that again? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't – the thing about Tom is that it wasn't just his his bulky left knee. It was his, his other knee was giving him problems. So it's like both knees now. And we'll get to that a little later. Um, hopefully we'll – practice all year. Right. Just never, never practice. So right. And, 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 I mean, hopefully we can dive in this in our yeah. free agency podcast that's coming up. But I would say, you know, Haleen and DJ would be back. And if you guys got anything to – okay. Um, next one from David Van Zant. Who are the key players that to be re-signed in 2016? We've kind of covered that a little bit. And is this old, is this young offensive line good enough to win the division next year? I'm kind of curious to know what you guys thought of this line. Does it depend on if Jeff Allen comes back? Or yeah, not? I was going to say that. You know, the, of the names that you mentioned uh, in the previous question, you know, he was asking about de- defensive players specifically. Um, and I, I and I, I've, some of the speculation I've already started to see about Jeff Allen, and like you said, we'll talk about it in, in a different podcast. He's important. I think he is he's important. important. I think he brings something to this offensive line that the others don't in terms of an attitude and approach. So I, I, I think he needs to be part of this, this team's future. But having said that, um, I, I thought one of, the, one of the great victories of this team this year was the way the offensive line improved throughout Absolutely. the season and the versatility and flexibility of this offensive line is, um, you know, was amazing. How many – how many of their seven or eight guys ended up playing two and sometimes, in the, in the case of Zach Fulton, three different positions mm-hmm. in a game during the season? I, I, I was amazed by that. 
Yeah, they did do a hell of a job with that. Sammy, what you got? Well, the only thing I'll add, and I think, Trez, that, that you pointed this out as well um, in something you wrote recently, but Jeff Allen, I think we all are in agreement that um, he's one of the ones you'd like to keep, but that is not this leadership group's thing. You know, they, they've kind of let – they've let guys go and you know maybe they make an exception for Allen and don't for Donald Stevenson who I think is also a, a free agent I don't know but um you know that that's an interesting thing to to watch because their, their thing has been uh find cheap pieces on the offensive line and 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 with the exception of you know they spent a 1-1 obviously um on Eric Fisher but um you know that that would be against character for them to um you know to, to give Jeff Allen a big contract you know, I'm in between where Blair and Sam are on this. I, I do think of Jeff Allen as kind of the linchpin of that line because of the stuff Blair said, the, yeah. the kind of the attitude and the edge. And and I wonder how much that trumps, you know, everything else to some degree if they see it that way and recognize that he sets a bit of a tone for, for a group that's, you know, been coming along but has been kind of fragmented and needs some stability. I agree. I agree, man. I but what was their record with him in the lineup, though? Weren't, didn't they go like something eleven and one or something? Well, Isn't he missed. Well, he did. Yeah, they went yeah. eleven and one with him. It, yeah, yeah, because his, his first game was the Pittsburgh game. Well, that's. Uh, it's not. It wasn't. It certainly wasn't just him. But um, he he is important, and you know we're going to see what ends up happening with him. Um, all right, this one's from Mike Parr, and this is the last one we got here today. Um, who, in your opinion, is getting the franchise tag? And I'll, I'll just make this quick. Um, I mean, you, you give it to Barry, but I don't think that it'll come to that. You know, I, you know, if he wants to be here, and the Chiefs do want him here, that'll that'll be a deal that gets done, and that'll be that. You know, I, you know, it's restrictive using it on Holly or Houston or even um, Jay Howard. It's restric it's restrictive. The numbers too high. So I think probably uh, uh, Barry's the only candidate that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, if you, I mean, you could do it for Sean Smith, but that'd be ten million or thir say, thirteen yeah, million or something, something like that too. too. It'd yeah. be high too. So it's just a restrictive number. I mean, and plus, like that's that's a tough thing to do to Sean Smith. He came here on a good deal, but it wasn't like great money. Like if he hits the market, like someone's gonna pay him Byron Maxwell money, and he is better than Byron Maxwell. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. You know, is he going to be happy here during that one year? Like, no, because no one's going to pay a 29-year-old big corner what they're going to pay a 28-year-old. Just that year makes a difference. It makes all the difference. So, like, it almost doesn't even make sense doing it because he wouldn't be happy with it. So, if anybody's got something to add, I mean, okay. Um, you know, uh, as always, that's going to do it for today's show. But as always, uh, you know, Andy, my friend, we wish you the best of luck going forward. Um, You've done a hell of a job here, man. It was a pleasure to be a co-worker of yours, man. Um, go kick ass in L.A. Try my best. <laughs> you're you're going to be great, man. Have, you set, have you set everything up, bro? Are you no. Set? I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I'll be fine. I have, like, a place to live until spring training. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Maybe I'll buy season ticket, tickets to see the Rams or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're a hot ticket. Yeah, the hot ticket. Oh, there's going to be plenty oh, of seats available. Or the, or the Chargers, yeah. either one. Yeah, yeah there's going to be of plenty a, of seats to see L.A. football. Like, how much of, like, a – sort of like matinee idol star as Nick Foles going to be in L.A. I mean, he's going to run that town. Can't wait. It's going to be him and, like, Ryan Gosling, like, on all the, you know, red carpets. If they if they build that thing the right way, that's going to be – that's going to be – they'll be formidable because everybody wants to live in L.A. or San Diego. And 
country's best talent often goes there and shows with you, man. You know, we wish you the best. Thank you, Terrell. Um, That's very kind of you to say. Yeah, Thank man. you guys for letting me come in here and enjoy oh, the for heat sure, and conversation. <laughs> for sure, man. Both have been stimulating. <laughs> we hope so. Um, it's been I learned a lot. I know so much more about the NFL now. I, I'm going to go to L.A. and watch football people and be like, hey, look at the way that guy burps the baby. Yeah. And just be like, sir, get out Don't of the establishment. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta believe it if you're gonna say it though. That's you can't just, yeah. Um, all right, if you like the show, guys, please remember to rate and review us on iTunes at Sports Beat KC. It helps us, so just do it. Also, remember to download our Red Zone app to stay on top of all your Chiefs news this off season. There is no shortage of Chiefs news. Um, they will continue to be so um, throughout this off season. Um, so. Download it. Keep staying on top of everything. Finally, shout out to our producer, Chris Fickett, for putting this together. Thank you, Chris. Shout out to Kevin McLeod for giving us this badass outro music uh, and the intro music. Thanks, man. Um, and shout out to all of you for buying the paper, clicking on our stories and reading them. If it wasn't for you all, we couldn't do what we love, which is writing great stories and covering sports. So uh, we're going to be back in this podcast studio soon. We're going to tape a free agency podcast. I know that's what you guys want, but had to cover the season, the season-ending game with respect. It's been a great season. It's been a long season. Give it the respect it's due. Free agency podcast coming soon. Be on the lookout for that. So for Sam, Bahe, Andy, uh, and Blair, we boy to the Reds, man. We love y'all. We're out of here. Give me the music.